Well, hello, and welcome to another broadcast of the Political Shadings Discussion on your window into the green economy. Has it been a month already? I... <laughs> Somehow, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened the past months. <laughs> I don't know. As as usual, right? Time flies. It's just boring, and nothing goes on. Uh, my name is John Lawyer, and I'm your host. And I'm Andrew Goldberg, and I'm your co-host. Well, thank you for uh, showing up today. Well, it was all I could do. I was. Um, it was all you could do. It was all I could do to get up and <laughs> come into the uh, come into the studio. But it's a nice studio here at Big Wig, so you know it's. It uh, is. It's, we are in the Big Wig Media Studios here at the Willard Office Complex with our partners from Evergreen Podcasts as well. Um, and the music you just heard, as always, was composed by our good friend Joshua Espinoza at joshuaespinoza.com. And we, frankly, get more compliments about the music than we do, I think, the podcast. I think people point. turn in for the music, then just turn it off after that. So basically, no one's listening right now. That's probably a good policy. Yeah. I'm not even listening, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So this week, folks, um, we're going to adopt a slightly different format. Enough has gone on in the past, well, month. Month. Right. That we are going to forego our normal format of getting a, 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 a very infamous or famous or <laughs> notorious. notorious speaker to come in and, and fill your heads as opposed to listening to Andrew and I blather on at you. And we're going to talk about the ramifications, essentially, of the new speaker, what happened, how we got here. And what might happen next? Where we're going, possibly. Possibly. Maybe. Poss maybe. Okay. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're going to turn it over to our good friend Jackie Hanker, the newest member of our podcast team, and she's going to talk to you a little bit about Sumfi, our sponsor. Jackie, take it away. Thanks, John. Want to learn more about Sumfi? Visit somfipro.com forward slash Zigbee to learn more about Sumfi's newest ecosystem of smart home products. That's somfipro.com forward slash Z-I-G-B-E-E. -E. Or you can visit us on Instagram at somfius. Back to you, John. Thanks, Jackie. Really appreciate your time and effort there. So, all right. Again, here we are. Here we are. So, yeah. So, you know, th think about this. A month ago, the last time we were here at the Big Wig Studios, <laughs> yes. late September. That's right. Kevin McCarthy was speaker. We were looking at the possibility of, of a government shutdown. Which didn't happen. Didn't happen, thankfully. Um, but, um, you know, things were, that was the big question. Would, would there be a shutdown on October 1st? Right. Meanwhile, while we're on the subject, uh, over in, you know, in the Middle East, uh, there was talk uh, about some big uh, peace deal with uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel and the U.S., something right. things were being optimistic. Um, the Baltimore Orioles had just won 100 games; they were in the on playoffs their in the playoffs for the first time in ready decades. to be heading to the World Series. Uh, and then we had our podcast, and I think that was probably the trigger that caused everything to. Come I think apart. that was the butterfly wing moment. That was the yeah, butterfly flapping its wings in the Pacific or something. Yes, yeah. we were responsible for all of it. All of it. All of it I going think. straight to hell. Exactly. Okay. Good. Yeah. So um, it's our fault, and we apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> all right. So Kevin McCarthy's not the speaker anymore. He is not. There's no peace in the Middle East. The Baltimore Orioles exited. Literally stage left immediately. Yes. yes. Uh, and now we have the Diamondbacks and the... The Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers. Yes. Two teams, by the way, I want to point out, this is not the subject, two teams that two years ago, both of them had lost 100 games each. Right. And now they're both in the, in World, the World Series. Series. Yeah. I mean, the, the Diamondbacks haven't been in the 
they only have one other World Series in their entire franchise. Yes. Now, now, as a Yankees fan, I can't talk about that. It's still too painful. <laughs> right. I 22 years My later. <laughs> but, but the Rangers haven't been involved in a World Series in, in decades either. Yeah, and they've never won. They're one of the few teams that have never won a World Championship. Right. But uh, they got Bruce Bochy, his, his manager. Great coach. Experienced great coach. Uh, got some great players. Uh, so. If you took a bat to my head and asked me to identify a diamond back. A diamond back. I, I don't know that I could. Yeah. Um, but, but nonetheless. So again, Kevin McCarthy's no longer speaker. Oh, back to, or back to that. Right. Sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. I thought we were uh, talking about sports. And yeah. Who's this guy, Mike Johnson? So Mike Johnson, um, who is not a diamond back, in case you're wondering. Well, well, wait a minute. How did we go from Kevin McCarthy <laughs> to yesterday? To yesterday. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a long story. Yeah. Uh, it, it really we, is. We this have is like plenty lost. of time. I yeah. Mean, there's there's a really hatch is. and, you know, the numbers and things. Keep typing in the numbers. The black smoke. Yeah. Uh, so, wait, McCarthy is, is ousted. Eight Republicans, uh, led by uh, Matt Gates, oh, vote against him. All Democrats decide to vote against um, against McCarthy. Right. So he's out. He's gone. Um, under the rules of the House that they had set up after 9-11, um, when McCarthy became Speaker, he had to put in a top-secret, super-duper, double-dog-dare secret list of temporary replacements if he is ousted. Should the candidate no longer be able to, to fulfill, the functions fulfill his functions of whatever. his or her right. office? So they open the envelope, and it's Patrick McHenry. Um, uh, he's the first runner-up. The first runner-up, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's, missed, he's missed North Carolina, so How exciting. He, he takes over uh, as... On his the, Apple box with his bow tie. Exactly. Right. Banging that gavel angrily. As hard as, as, hard as he, his little arm his, would his let His little him. arms could, could allow right. him. Uh, because Speaker Pro Tem, which basically is a position that is, well, kind of made up, which basically all he has the ability to do is to bring the House into session to elect a new Speaker. That's it? That's it. That's all he's allowed to do, essentially. So Republicans... They go into their little caucus room to right. discuss who should lead us. Democrats go into their room. And they decided that Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader, right. who has led them to this point in this Congress. Exactly. Unanimous. There's no debate, no discussion. Lockstep on that. And they're all like, great, Hakeem, he's our man. Right. Um, okay, so. Republicans. Um, what did they do? Well, it's a little more complicated. So so two, two uh, candidates uh, pop up, uh, emerge to run as the Republican nominee to be speaker. It's uh, Steve Scalise. Of Louisiana, he's the current House Majority Leader, so number two. This is the man who has self-described himself as David Duke without all the baggage. Exactly. Yes. That is a direct quote. That's a direct quote. Okay. Good. Yes. So yeah. that's 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 option. And for those one. of you who don't know, David Duke is the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Is that in Louisiana? Cr- yes. In Louisiana. Actually, was a, a a candidate for for president. For, for, well, well, president. Yeah, governor at one point, I think, or senate yeah, or president. Yeah. yeah. So that's option. That's behind door number one. Behind door number two is Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, current chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Right. He is the man who made MAGA popular before it was MAGA. And, and also supported the January 6th insurrection? Yes, voted to, to, against certifying the election, uh, has been on this uh, sort of crusade to impeach somebody in the Biden administration and in hearings. For some reason about something. Uh, doesn't matter why. Just, right. Just right. because. Don't ask why. Yeah. Just impeach. Oh, and by the way, as you should know, because this is important to his bio. Right. And at a source of what should be pride, he was the assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State University, which oh. is a great thing. Ohio sure. State, Buckeyes, Columbus, right. great place. Well, there's a little, uh, there's a little problem there. That there is there are allegations. Again, allegations. Right. That uh, he was privy to information about some. Uh, sexual molestation happening, and 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 the allegation goes he did nothing. 
Nothing about that, about that, right? So he is the Joe Paterno of Ohio exactly. State, exactly. Without all the the you know the championships and and the, and the wins and the glasses, right? Well, right. It's wrestling, exactly. Um. So okay. So that's your option. Option A is Steve Scalise. Option B. Uh, okay. Jordan. Okay. They have a secret ballot uh, or a I vote. I mean, two prominent sure. members of their party, certainly ex- experienced. Whether I mean, or not. Jim Jordan has passed a piece of legislation in the past 16 years that he's been in Congress, but that's neither here nor hey, there. There's always a first time, right? Hey, look, there's yeah. a first time for everything. Exactly. Uh, so they have a secret ballot, and Steve Scalise wins a fair majority of Republicans. Okay, so maybe a uh, hundred and some? Yeah, like 111. There are 221 Republicans. Right. So basically 117, I think, was the number. Something around okay. there. Okay, okay. Okay, now at this point, of course, okay, so he is the speaker designate. And I'll point out at this point, and this has kind of been a running joke, uh, Elise Stefanik, who is the number three Republican from New York, right. puts out a tweet saying, congratulations, speaker designate uh, Scalise. Right. You just keep that in the back of your head. Right. Um, okay, well, they then decide, well, let's have a, a vote to see, okay, will the people who supported Jordan, when they get to the floor, will they vote for Scalise, right? Because remember, you need to get 217 votes on the House floor to make a speech. Right, and they could be either Democrat or Republican. Of course, anybody. Now, Democrats, of course, are not going to vote for a, de- a Republican. They're going right. to vote for Jeffries. Well, why would, why would the Ohio State University, for instance, choose Michigan's football coach? That is an excellent and very, very apt... Uh, analogy there, yes, Thank you. exactly, Thank exactly. You. All right. um, so, Scalise needs 217 votes. There are 221 Republicans. So, if basically five Republicans vote against him, vote for somebody else or whatever, right. he doesn't get it. So, they do this secret poll in in the in the caucus to see, okay, can he get the support? And no, he can't. There are a large number of Republicans who will not vote for him for speaker at all. At all. Now, and the reasons were multitudinous and varied. Some said because, well, look, we just got rid of the number one guy. This is his deputy, so why should we vote for him? Okay. Um, okay. You had one Congresswoman, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, who did vote against or vote to oust McCarthy. She said she couldn't support him because of the whole David Duke kind of thing. So well, as somebody pointed out, she was you know, apparently the Black Lives Matter uh, caucus in the Republican Party, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And this is the woman who then the next day wore a T-shirt Yes. With the scarlet letter A on the T-shirt. That is correct, sir. Yes. But apparently had never read the novel. Well, she said she wore that because Hawthorne. she was being attacked for being opposed to, to, to Trump and Scalise. I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, McCarthy and Scalise. Right. So she said she wore the scarlet A to stand up for all women who were attacked. I think some people asked her, so are you saying that you committed adultery? Because that's what's right. in the book. right. Which, by the way, apparently it's a really lousy book. Uh, somebody, I, I haven't read it since like middle school. <laughs> not well written. It's not very good. Not a page turner. But it's, anyway, it's you, okay. So you can't blame her for not having read it. Let's be honest. I, I don't. But you know, I think if you're going to make a literary reference, you should probably get it accurate. It's, it would be like saying, you know, I'm like Captain Ahab because I like uh, fishing. I don't know. It, it's like you should right. read the book first. Could we please not mix wrong Metaf- metaphors? Exactly. Right. Symbolism. Right. Like exactly. I, I get your sense of humor, but. Stop it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so anyway, so Scalise doesn't have the votes, and so he decides after a couple of days of trying to wrangle the votes, he right. says, I'm out. I give up. I can't do it. Even, it. even the so-called David Duke without all the baggage member of Congress. Had too much baggage. Number two guy right. in the Republican Party can't wrangle his own His caucus. own party, his own caucus. To vote for to him. vote for him. On anything. He's right. Not, he's not conservative enough. Enough, Right. Enough. And so he can't forget about getting votes on policy. He can't even get them to vote for him to be speaker. So right. he's like, I'm done. I'm out. So Jim Jordan's 
So okay, Still so in play right. Play well. Now they have to have another discussion, another chance for members of the the Republican House to. Okay. Vote. They go away. They go home for a weekend because nothing's going on in right. the world. And this is a this is a mega hat wearing Republican. Which one? I mean, well, well, well Jim Jordan. <laughs> yes, right. yes, exactly. So, right. so they have another, They come back next week and they have an election. Jim Jordan runs this congressman named Austin Scott from Georgia, who nobody's ever heard of before. It's yeah, not. I was going to say who. It's not clear he's in Congress. It, right. We don't know. We don't. Right. He decides at the last minute he's going to run against Jim Jordan. So here's a guy, low profile, junior member. Right. Didn't run a campaign. Didn't do anything. They have again the vote. Jordan wins, but but Scott gets eighty votes. The guy who Who's was never never. Talked about being leadership or anything. Right. So there's a big group that, that doesn't want Jordan. And this time it's the moderates. There are 18 Republicans. So so now he's too conservative. He's too conservative, right. There are like 18 Republicans. Steve Scalise, not conservative enough. Exactly. Or to David Dukey in one case. Right. Jim Jordan, too, too conservative. conservative. Too argumentative, too, too everything. So he decides, well, I'm just going to go to the floor and have the I'm vote. Gonna, I'm going to... Whip votes. Whip votes, and we get to the floor. Now, didn't he go to every moderate member of his caucus and say, I will primary you unless you vote for so, me? So I'm not sure. I don't know if he said that, but all of his supporters said that. And so there were— This is fellow members of Congress. Yeah. Members, member, Republican members of Congress started getting death threats when they said they wouldn't vote for Jordan. By the way, I'll mention that Jordan was, from the start, Donald Trump's favorite candidate. He— he endorsed. Stated, stated publicly. Yeah. He took right. time out from the, the trials and the courtrooms and whatever. All the felonies, all the lawsuits. All the lawsuits. All to, the to tweet out support for fraud. Exactly. Yeah, right, okay. So anyway, so so it goes to the floor. Jordan loses. 20 Republicans vote against First of all, can, Jordan. Can I ask, where does this man find the time? I mean, think yeah. about it. He's Donald Trump. He's in court in right. four different jurisdictions. Right. Plus a bl- full-blown civil trial in New York right. to end his business licenses. Right, he could lose the whole thing. His whole entire bang. income stream. Yeah, and he 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 somehow calls Republicans on the daily, t- tweets, t- like how, where does he find the time? I I mean, I, look, I'll be honest, it's impressive. He it has, really he, is. He's a dynamo. I mean, the guy eats of... McDonald's every day, and he's under this enormous amount of stress. Right, and yet he still finds time to to. To tweet or truth, I guess, as they call it. Yeah, it, it's... Ch- ch- sure. Sure. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, I violate even, gag orders. Wait, what did he do this at like 3 o'clock in the morning? Like, yeah, I, I, I think so. A lot of them do That's the only out. time he'd have? Yeah, these tweet storms, right. So he doesn't sleep. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so... so oh, back to okay, Jordan. Okay. Sorry. And, and, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention it. I forgot to mention So Jordan gets wins this ballot against the unknown Austin Scott. And of course, Elise Stefanik tweets out, Congratulations, Speaker-designate Jordan. <laughs> She's the Grim Reaper. Yeah, somebody said she's the, uh, which was, oh, she's like the drummer from Spinal Tap. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Peter James Bond and oh. spontaneously combusts. Okay. All right, so Jordan goes to the floor, the vote, they have the vote, every Democrat votes for Jeffries. Right. 20 Republicans don't vote for Jordan, so he can't get the speaker, can't get to 217. Okay, so 20. 20, right. Okay. Okay, that's not great. It's not great. Not ideal. It's like kind of what McCarthy had when he went through it. That's, so, that's, a, that's so, 10%. Right. So they go back into their caucus, and Jordan meets with people and everything else, and they go back to the floor like the next day or maybe two days later. This time he loses 22 Republicans. So so it, it, the number's going up now. Well, he, he's on the move, but the wrong direction. He's losing support. Fantastic. So in that situation, what do you naturally do? You well go again. Uh, yes, you double down. You double right. down, right? right. You go again. Right. This time he loses twenty five. So Aye. he then decides, okay, I'm going to sit down with these twenty five Republicans. They set up a room. He goes in there with the Republicans. He thinks he's going in there to say, look, 
I'll do. Let me know what I can do. Right. Some some compromise. Some compromise. Something. What can I do to help you? They all. They're not here to hear compromise. They're here to tell him. Tell him. Drop out. Stop it. Right. We don't. We, don't we will you. never. Anything you do. Yeah. Anything you offer. Anything you say. Immaterial. And yeah, exactly. And in fact, what was interesting. Some people said. I don't know if this is true or not, but that the 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 opponents of Jordan were actually doing this in purpose, where some of the opponents would vote yes the first time and then vote no, so that his. His so that his opposition would, would grow every single vote. Right. So they would it would get to be worse. That's fantastic. So at this point, this is I think I don't know when it was last week. I guess I've lost I, track of time. I, it feels so, like three months right. ago so, and yesterday, and yesterday all, all the once. same time. Right. Exactly. That's the pandemic again. So he drops out. He's like, fine, okay, that's it. I can't do it. So okay, so number two candidate gone. McCarthy gone. Scalise now Jordan. So let's get back. We'll have another debate. Who else wants to be speaker? Right, nine Republican members of Congress. So now we're now we're getting down to like rank and file. Right, I mean it's not leadership anymore. It is the rank and file members, people who've dreamed, I guess, of being speaker since they were a little kid. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Right. But uh, nine of them do it. The, the clear front runner is Tom Emmer. Now, Tom Emmer is leadership. He's number okay, three. He's number three. He's the whip. And and if we were going to describe a if this is possible, a, a moderate Republican, Compar- relatively speaking, speaking to. David Duke or GYM Jordan, Jordan right. or frankly others, others. He, he might fit the bill. He would. He would. I mean, he did. One thing he did. He voted to certify the Exactly. Election. He voted to certify. He says Biden won the election. Okay. He was whipped. And Democrats even said, look, if we have to have a Republican speaker, which they have the majority. But that, that, that that's like. That's not a good thing, though. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. So they have a vote. Tom Emmer, these other eight, and eventually they all drop out, and it comes down to Tom Emmer and this guy named Mike Johnson, who's a congressman from Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Right. So Tom Emmer wins that vote. This is on Tuesday, I believe. Okay, so they, the they had a private meeting. A private meeting. They have the vote. Tom Emmer wins the vote. Of, of who's going to run. Who's going to run. Who's going to be the nominee. Right. Gets majority. Elise Stefanik tweets out, okay. congratulations, Speaker-designate <laughs> Tom Emmer. <laughs> At this point, people are debating, is she doing it on purpose? Like, do right. you realize this she know? is a joke? Is, is she all in on it? Performance art? We don't know. Right. Okay, so anyway, so Tom Emmer is now the nominee, ready to go to the floor later in the day or the next day. And guess who pops in? Donald Trump, who then tweets who out. Who said, I am not involved in the speaker. The day before race. said, I'm not going to get involved. Right. Eh, not so much. Gets involved. He tweets out a, a total kneecaps. Emmer calls him a globalist rhino. Is that an insult? I don't. Yeah, so I'm a globalist. Obviously, is sure bad as opposed to populist, right? Or, or isolationist, or America first, or felonist. Exactly. Right. Is that a, is that a word? It is now. Okay, good. Right. Uh, rhino, of course, short for a Republican name only. The worst thing you can call a Republican. <gasps> exactly. Um, and within four hours now, um, Emmer goes into storms into a caucus meeting and says, "I'm out. I'm done," and storms out. So four hours from. You're our guy. You're the man. To nope, nope, four hours. Four hours. Okay, so that leaves. So at that point now, uh, they decide, okay, well, we'll, we'll run it again. We'll invite more people oh, to try. But but what's the incentive at this point? Who wants this job? Obviously, no one. Obviously, I, I mean, no, no, people want the job. Nobody wants to support somebody who wants the job. <laughs> so they have no, another. wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, <laughs> I, I obviously listen to the various news media outlets. So at various times during this process, I would see various members of the Republican Party waddle up to a microphone and say, well, this is the Democrats' fault. Yes. Testing out what in our world is essentially a talking point. Right. 
to try and get someone to hook into, well, wait, there's a couple hundred people here who just voted against insert name here. Right. But again, Ohio State does not choose Michigan's, Michigan's football coach. Right. Why do they keep saying this? Well, what else were they going to say? That they're completely dysfunctional and out Which, of control? Which, to be fair, many did. I mean, at a certain point, I will say that talking point that it's Democrats' fault was... It was so some, sad it was laughable. It was not. And, and I will add, during this time, you know, Democrats were also quietly kind of making overtures. There was hope, well, you know what, if five Republicans come right. over and vote for Jeffries, we get... Some through. sort of bipartisan Right, or maybe at one point the idea was maybe we can empower uh, McHenry, the Speaker Pro Tem, with more ability to bring up legislation. Okay, so the technical term would be coalition government. So Exactly. I mean, there is a coalition government. There are not two parties in the House. There are three parties, Democrats, Republicans, and, and MAGA, MAGA or whatever. They right. just don't know it yet. right. Um, and meanwhile, while this is happening, of course, don't forget, the government funding expires on November 17th. TikTok, TikTok. oh wait, we, we funded it. We funded it until the week before Thanksgiving where right. everyone wants to work. Right, exactly. I do, certainly. Yeah, yeah, Kevin McCarthy basically fell on his sword, lost speakership over 45 days, a month and a half of, of funding authority. That was it. Right. Meanwhile, of course, there's what's happening in, in, in Israel, in the Middle East. There's Ukraine. There's many, many other things, crises happening. That need to be dealt with. Yeah. Even the Senate. I mean, the Senate is known for being slow and difficult. Even they are... The most deliberative body in the history of the world. Of the history of the galaxy. Part two. Yes. Right. Um, They are actually, slowly, to be fair, moving forward on legislation. They're there. But again, nothing can come before the House without a speaker. So it, it is... It's been now three weeks with... No House of Representatives for all intents and purposes. Okay, so you've got eight or nine people who are now putting themselves out there yet again. Yet again, and one of them is Mike Johnson. And Tuesday night, they go through the process again. They have the vote. They knock candidates off. He gets the nomination. And something weird happens, which is that all of a sudden, people are like, oh, <laughs> something all right, let's pick this guy. So let's have this guy. What, what, what happened? Um, well, I think a few things. One, exhaustion. I mean, let's be honest, John. You and I both have been in like various kinds of like meetings, board meetings, Ugh, caucuses, things sadly, like that. Sadly, it is it is torture. It, it should be a you know outlawed by the Geneva Convention. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a, a host's moment here. If I see one more picture of the back of people's heads at a table in a hotel ballroom posted by any of you, we're gonna have words. No one wants to see these pictures. The, all these meetings are the same. They're all exhausting. I was delighted to join the 33rd annual exactly. meeting thank, of the International you. Association right. of, a mo- a of, of Donut privilege. Glaziers. No one wants to see these pictures. Stop posting these pictures. The best, though, are the ones where they show the PowerPoint. You can kind of see it. And right. It's, it's kind of blurry. Blurry. Yeah. Like four bullets. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> words that don't matter. And some clip art of right. like a Boy, this was a great his, meeting. It was a no, great it session. Wasn't. Thank you for hosting us. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you there. I, yes, I, I agree. Stop that. Right. So, okay. but imagine. So imagine you're doing that, that kind of meeting. No powerpoints, to be fair. Right. Kind of meeting, and everybody hates each other, and everybody is pissed off at each other. This is what the Republican caucus. And this is damaging was. their credibility at this point. I mean, that's how could it not? You're you're assuming they have credibility at this point. <laughs> right. I mean, you have this dynamic where you have they go in this meeting, and they they'd always. 
The funny thing was what they did for these meetings is they required the members of Congress to leave their cell phones outside so nobody could leak or tweet or whatever. Or flirm. Flirm, yeah, right. exactly, X. Um, of course, what they'll do is they'll walk outside and then talk to the reporters anyway. So, right. So, like I said, uh, waddle up to a microphone. Yeah. Uh, one of the quotes was, uh, I think one of the congressmen said at one point, look, we got to get our poop in a group to get things done. Something like that. Which wow. Group poop is not something I never that I never. Be in that room. I don't want to be a part of a group poop ever. No. Yeah, I got to be honest here. Um, so one, so so one was exhaustion. Okay. They were just tired of this process. Tired of the process. Two is that it, that they that they they this is a problem of their own making. Well, well, no, it's the Democrats. <laughs> but, you know, right, right, right. Sorry, but it's a problem. Yeah. Yes, I mean the irony of all this is. You know, the, 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 the ability of Matt Gates to get up and offer this motion to vacate, that was something that was allowed by Kevin McCarthy when he be, as a condition of winning the speaker's vote. So he basically sowed the seeds of his own destruction. So let me ask you a question. Isn't it ironic? Don't, Don't you, you think? think? Right. Yeah. Actually, it's... It's like rain. Alanis, it's all coincidence, but stop saying Yeah, they're not, they're not ironic, but okay. Irony. Oh, Henry and Alanis Morissette. All right. I, I run right. Uh, so... Well, he does have his hand in his pocket and another... Anyway. Exactly. I digress. I, what I... What I Ultimately, though, what killed Kevin McCarthy, what, again, RIP. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Peace. Pour, pour one out. Yeah. What was the fact that he allowed anyone right. to come to the microphone and say, I don't want him as speaker. Yes. As now, opposed to a majority of Congress. Right. Now, to be fair, that actually was the rule for much of our nation's history. And by the way, it was Nancy Pelosi that changed it. Said, Nancy Pelosi said, no, we're not doing that. We're having, it has to be a majority of one to her or the other caucus to her credit. But look, this has been in a place for hundreds of years. Centuries. Centuries. I think Joseph Cannon, who was speaker back in the 1920s or something. Of Cannon building yes, fame. Not Cannon copiers. Just right, clear, exactly. Or Cannons. Uh, he actually... Her actual Cannon. Actual Cannons. Right. Or Diane Cannon. He, um, he was the last time that I think this was done. And, and, and they knocked it down. I mean, they, they, they voted to keep him in. So right. to be fair, this was the norm to have this provision. Nobody maybe expected that you'd have re Republicans who were willing to knife their own speaker. And yet. And yet here we are. So, so okay. Johnson gets elected. So after everybody sort of either drops out or doesn't he gets nearly enough. As he gets to become the Republican nominee. And of course... Elise Stefanik right. tweets out. Tweets out. <laughs> Congratulations. Kiss of death. So people thought, okay, he's going to well, be. Well, this is it. He's, he's right. going to disappear. Um, so you, you asked, you know, why did the change? Why did they accept him? Uh, there, I mean, like I said, part of it was exhaustion, a recognition of the embarrassment of this. Part of it is, so Mike Johnson, who is Mike Johnson? I think we started there many, many sure. years ago. Sure, and I stopped you. Yes. So, so who's Mike Johnson? Who's Mike Johnson? Mike Johnson is a congressman from the western part of Louisiana, Shreveport, and so on. It doesn't get more... Red. It doesn't get more Louisiana than that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is. This is his fourth term in Congress. He was elected in 2016. He had served in the Louisiana State House before that. So he rode the the red mega wave into the House in 2016. Right. right. Exactly. Um, so he's he is first of all he is the most inexperienced speaker in about 140 years or so. Fantastic. Um, he is a I would say a very conservative, a religious. 
a kind of uh, evangelical What almost. did he do before he was in Congress? Uh, he was a lawyer. He worked for a number of organizations that pushed uh, for laws against LGBTQ. He pushed for uh, banning or blocking abortion and things like that, religious freedom. Um, he and his wife, by the way, have a podcast. You know, we're not a podcast. They have a podcast. Maybe uh, we should have them on as a guest. We, we could. Um, it's And it's about looking at politics policy from a, a Christian standpoint. Now, and let me be... Okay, nothing wrong with that. Right. No, that's, that's fine. Many... I mean, Joe Biden, the president, goes to church every Sunday. Uh, but he certainly has... Catholic. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, a church. A church. Um there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, he has, certainly has a very conservative worldview. And also, he was arguably one of, if not the most ardent supporter of Donald Trump in his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. So he voted to overturn the election. He, not, not only that, he was the lead Republican He's in the House. Attorney. He's an attorney. So you may recall, or you may not, you may have blocked it out. In, in December of 2020, the state of Texas and some other states with Republican governors filed suit up to the Supreme Court arguing that Pennsylvania and Michigan and others had violated the Constitution, whatever, their results should be thrown out. By coincidence, total coincidence, it uh, states that Biden had won. Interesting. Yeah, it was kind of weird. But anyway, um, huh. Mike Johnson spearheaded a what's called an amicus brief, a friend of the court brief, friend of the court. to the Supreme Court in support of that lawsuit. And he sent it out the letter he wrote out to his Republican members and basically said on his message, you know, President Trump is going to be watching and seeing who's on that letter. Hint, hint. As in... Wink, wink. Nuts, I mean, nuts. you know, the, the Coriolonis uh, couldn't do it any better. <laughs> and later on, Mike uh, Johnson said, well, I didn't mean for it to sound threatening. But what, what, then what did you mean? Just a, a point of reference to say, look. To say, hey, look. Yeah. Look who's going to be looking Look at who's this. looking at this, the, right. the president who holds grudges. So, and of course, that, that, that case was thrown out by the Supreme Court. It, it had no merit. Yeah, it, it, none. It, it, they wouldn't right. even hear it. Yeah, and then he went on to uh, Mike Johnson. He did. He's one of the members who voted against certifying the election for Biden. Right. A, a, by the way, he was present on January 6th yeah. and was in the House as the riot overtook the Capitol. Yeah, right. and, and, and he apparently was very much in contact with the White House during this time looking for avenues or ways to help Donald Trump overthrow the election. So, so anyway, so to answer your question, who wow. is he? The one thing that Mike Johnson is not is he's not a firebrand. What I mean by that, he's not going on Twitter saying outrageous things. He's not getting to the House floor and right. insulting other people. So, so somewhat dispassionate, but dispassionate. nevertheless. Right, but he, he, the bottom line is he didn't create hasn't created any enemies in the Republican Party. And so the MAGA wing of the party likes him because his views are aligned with Donald Trump. Far right. The moderate members basically were tired of this whole thing and decided, whatever, let's right. throw up our hands. I, even, I, I heard an interview yesterday on a, a local news media outlet with a sitting member of the Democratic caucus who basically said, well, he's a very nice man. Yeah, he, he may be. Well, I'm sure he is. Jesse Helms. I've heard was lovely, right? A but, lovely in-person person, but unless a little you bit were a victim of his racism, exactly, right, right. right. So any, so so basically, overnight, any kind of concerns, opposition to Johnson evaporated. Come yesterday, and, and we're recording this on on Thursday. Um, <laughs> timely, timely. Uh, the House voted. Democrats all voted for Jeffries, as always. Republicans, every single Republican, 
voted for Mike Johnson. And 100% voila, approved. 100%. There was one Republican who was absent. Um, there was a congressman who is, was doing a fact-finding mission in Israel, by the way. Interesting. Because that's what one does. Um, every other Republican from the most moderate Biden district members to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, all right. your usual suspects. Right. So even members, even members who had said earlier on, I cannot support as speaker somebody who voted against certifying the election. They voted for him. <sighs> and so now he is he uh, he is speaker of the house. So speaker of the house, master oh sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, that's so how, different. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. lame as. Yeah. How how will the House change under his leadership as opposed to, for instance, the former Speaker, Kevin McCarthy? Right. Because the circumstances are the same. Doesn't he face the exact same issues that McCarthy does? Exact same in? issues. One, the, the margins are the same. Right. He has a five. As a matter of fact, if we get rid of George Santos. Which could happen potentially in the right. next week or so. Again, allegedly multiple felonies, fraud, money right. laundering. There is so, an effort. Right possibly a foot to expel him. And that's a district on Long Island that is a Biden district. There's a good chance a Democrat could win that seat. So that reduces the margin even more. Right. More importantly, the rule in place that allows one member to offer a motion to vacate, that's still there. That's still there. And it's and, and in theory, they could change that. They could change the rules. They have every right to do so, every prerogative to do so. Don't know if that'll happen. Uh, but essentially, you have the same issue. And meanwhile, the reality of the world outside, that, outside uh, the Capitol is the same. We are... Weeks, three weeks away from from a government shutdown. Shut there's a war going on there's, in the Middle East. Two, there's a war going on exactly. in the, the, the Eastern Europe. The president has called on Congress to provide funding for Ukraine, for Israel, and also for border security, by the way. Well, who wouldn't right. want to secure the border? Right. Um, and so, so, so and, and, and I'll say, Speaker Johnson, so far in the first... 24 hours or so of his speakership has said kind of the right things. we got to get to work. we got to pass well, the bills. Well, let, gotta... let me take issue with that. So last night there was a another mass shooting in the great state of Maine. Yes. And nearly 20 people were murdered. A gunman with an AR-15 assault rifle who is apparently a member of the Army Reserves. Reserves, yeah. Uh, U.S. Army Reserves. Dozens injured, critical condition, et cetera. The first press conference that Speaker <clears throat> Johnson holds is to literally offer his actual prayers yes. to the victims. And, and yes, they okay, thank you. But thoughts and prayers is has become a a tongue-in-cheek reference at this point. Well, a bitter kind of irony. Yeah, look, I mean, to your point earlier, what will change? Not a lot will change. And, right. and, and look, you know, we talked about this yesterday. You and I were talking about this. You know, right now, the priority for Republicans is like, we got to get budget bills passed. We got to pass the farm bill. These are basic housekeeping things that Congress- This is your do. job. It's the basic job. We're not even talking about legislation to do, to address other crises. Um, we're not talking about other issues facing us, whether it's guns, whether it's the environment. You know, with all the talk about Ukraine and Israel and what's happening there is terrible- you know, one of the scariest things that happened in the world this week, you know where it was? It was in Mexico. In Mexico, there was a tropical storm, Otis. It was Category 5 hurricane. Oh, it started out, it, it was in, in, the, in the ocean, in the Pacific. It was like a tropical storm. They right. thought, all the models said, it'll be a, maybe a hurricane Category 1, maybe. Right. 24 hours, 
the warm water of the Pacific. It had this rapid intensification, they call it, where it suddenly became a Category 5 hurricane, slammed into the west coast of Mexico. It's Category 5. As we speak, they're trying to dig through the rubble and find out what happened, what, the damage. Right. This is happening more and more, and, and there is no serious disagreement among scientists and climatologists that this is... This is direct result of, of climate, climate change. change. The water in the Pacific was 88 degrees. That's that's incredibly ground. warm. Very warm. Um, and, and so there are major issues going on all over the place. And you have a house right now that can... We're not even sure it can do the basic stuff, much less take on the bigger issues. So to your point about the guns and this tragedy, this terrible thing in, in Maine, yeah, I don't see anything changing in terms of what uh, uh, Congress does. And, and even some of the basic stuff. Look, uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker Johnson, has voted every time against funding for Ukraine. Uh, so at this point, we don't know Ooh, okay. for sure uh, what will happen. Will that get through? There is support, bipartisan support in the Senate. Uh, honestly, and, and here's the thing. If you look at the House, there are clearly a majority of members of the House who would vote to, to fund more support for Ukraine and their fight against Russia. Certainly, certainly. Uh, but they're not all Republicans, and so Speaker Johnson faces the same issue that Kevin McCarthy does. Do you bring up bills that are popular, that are necessary, that have a majority support, but would need Democrats to get over the finish line? And God forbid that you should have a bipartisan support right. mechanism. Right, right. Or, or do you just say... Widely gonna, popular issue. Exactly. Or do you just do it with, Repub with Republicans only, and, and you don't have the ability to get things done. So did the Democrats do the right thing in voting against McCarthy's speakership? That's a very good question. Um, you know, there are two the ways. The devil you know versus. The devil you know. Look, here's the thing that the people kind of, I think, here's what I would say, and this is the argument, is that let's say that four or five Democrats had voted to keep McCarthy, and that sure. would have kept him in, right? Right. That's all it took. First of all, keep in mind something. Matt Gates said he was going to offer emotions to vacate over and every over day. again. Every day. Every day. If, if McCarthy, if the idea was that McCarthy had his bacon saved by, by Democrats, <laughs> there would have been growing outrage among Republicans, sure. including sure. the tweeter. So that four or five would have gone up and, and up and, and, up and In up. fact, there were some Republicans who said before the vote, well, I'm going to vote to keep McCarthy this time, suggesting they might have voted the next time. The next time. Right. So my sense is that McCarthy was doomed from the start, that he was... That, that this was going to happen one way or the other, unless he depended totally on Democratic votes, which would have been a little odd. Welcome to the Democratic Party. Right. Now, so, so the question is, was it the right choice? Uh, you know, you could argue that it, it wouldn't have mattered either way. Um, look, there's some folks who are saying, look, we ended up now with somebody who is essentially worse, because one thing we're hearing is that, at least from the progressive side, is that, you know, Mike Johnson basically is Jim Jordan without the obnoxiousness, right? He's a, he's a nicer, kinder, bespectacled kind of, you know, he's not a firebrand, and he could be perhaps more effective. His issues, his positions are the same as the MAGA folks. Right, right. So there's some folks who are saying, well, he could be more dangerous. So it's not what he says, it's how what he, he does, says it. How he says it, or what he does. Right, right. Well, exactly, right. It's, he says things in a much better way. And to be fair, his speech before Congress when he accepted it was fine and gracious and everything else like and, that. And he even indicated that he's willing to work with the Democrats yes. on, on many issues. And, and which would be smart, but the question is what, you know, the words are one thing, then it's what they actually do. 
So, so, so what does this mean for then the 2024 election in the White House and in the House and, frankly, even the Senate? So the exciting thing is that we are only a year away from oh, another is, election. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's exciting? Yeah. Well, well, you know, and I, I would add, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, John, you and I, we live in what's known as the DMV. It's not the Department of Motor Vehicles, I learned. It is. It the, feels like it. It is, it is the District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia. Now, Virginia, the, the state that I believe you currently reside in. I am a proud member of the Commonwealth. Of the Commonwealth. Uh, Virginia is a wonderful state because what they do is they have an election every single year. That's right. Because their state races are in the off year. And so right now they're having an election for state house and assembly or whatever. I, I voted early. Absolutely. Um, I live in Maryland. I don't care about what happens in Virginia, <laughs> and yet I get all of the same goddamn ads about everything. And, and what's, what's interesting is you look at these ads, and they're all over the place. I know more about your delegate candidates than— Absolutely. I mean— and, and, I mean, you know. But um, and it's interesting to see kind yeah, of— Who doesn't like ads about Juan Pablo Segura, really? I, I, he's a, he's a, he looks like a nice guy. I saw an ad with his wife on there. Yeah. He's a great guy, or he's evil. I don't know. I'm not sure. Or at the same time. At the same time. Right. right. So— the ads by, from the Democratic candidates are all focused on, you know, MAGA extremists, uh, abortion, and abortion in light of the Dobbs right, decision. Right, right. Republicans, it's all crime, right? Crime. It's Democrats. These these are, people are basically criminals themselves. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're going to let criminals out into into your home. And, and 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 to be fair, those are messages that have resonated in different races over the past few uh, years. One or another. One or the other, right? So, you know, but but what's interesting, what people have noted is that. The two issues that were the most effective for Democrats in the last election, 2022, when they did much better than people expected, were one, Trump and, and, the, and, the, and the election and all that stuff like that, and two was abortion because of Dobbs. You know, Mike Johnson, who is not well known right now, Democrats right now are working furiously to define him by his support Extreme of Donald Trump views. and his support of a national abortion ban and things like that. Right. So, you know, I think... Right now, who knows what's going to happen a year from now. Uh, but certainly, you know, Republicans are very concerned about losing the House. Now, the thing is, the Senate is a different story because in the Senate, which, again, compared to the House, has worked reasonably well. Plugged along, keep doing its thing. Right. In the Senate, uh, you know, only a third of seats are up in the Senate every three years. More Democratic seats are up for re-election than Republican seats. And a number of vulnerable swing-ish swing state, states, states uh, members are up. I mean, Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, uh, Michigan, Montana, West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia, you have Joe Manchin, who is, I would say, probably going to lose to the current governor, Jim Justice. Yeah, by a magnitude of 10 Yes, right now. exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you could have a situation. And then the White House, of course, that's anybody's, anybody's guess what's going to happen there. Uh, so you could potentially have both chambers switch roles, switch places where Democrats could potentially win back the House. But lose their majority in the Senate. Senate, right. Uh, and who knows? It could go—I mean, this is a case, really, where all three of those centers, the House, the Senate, the White House, we don't know. They could all end up in any combination you want. It, it, it's a, it's a crapshoot. So let's get back to the next th four weeks, then. Is Johnson going to be able to avoid a shutdown? Is he going to fund Israel? Is he going to—like, like, right. what's going to happen there? Yeah, so first of all, I would say this. In terms of the whole motion to vacate all stuff, I, I my sense is he has a bit of a grace period because I think Republicans don't— want to go through this again. And I think if Matt Gates were to offer another motion to vote, vacate, 
there would be probably the first murder on the House floor awesome. in like 150 years. Right. Uh, so, I, and I'm being facetious, but I think there is going to be, he has some grace period. And he has talked about, yes, let's do a CR, a continuing resolution to fund right. government. Uh, Until April April or so. Right. There, there are two issues. One, first of all, is that Democrats, the White House, want to do a CR paired with this additional funding. With this for funding for Israel, Ukraine, for, Ukraine. for Ukraine. Now, on Israel, you know, Republicans support the funding for Israel. And so that would be able to go through fairly easily. There is less support among Republicans in the House for the Ukraine funding. In the Senate, Republicans generally support that. And so the, the Senate is bipartisan. We want to do that. The question will be is if does Johnson put forward or allow to go forward a continuing resolution that has funding for both Israel and Ukraine, or does he do just Israel, which then puts Democrats in kind of the awkward position? Do we vote against money for Israel because it doesn't have money for Ukraine? That sounds like politics to me. It does sound like politics, yes, and that absolutely is. Uh, so that's the first question, the first issue that he has to deal with. The second one is that even as he won the speaker vote and all this you know, great unity of their party, um, at least one of the Freedom Caucus members, Chip Roy, a uh, congressman from Texas, Texas, who, by the way, was one of uh, Ted Cruz's staff people before he went to Congress, so, right. um, he said that he would only support a, a continuing resolution if it included across the board 30% cut in spending. Now, wait. McCarthy agreed, and mind you, he was the previous speaker, right. but he agreed to maintain funding levels with Biden early on in his speakership. Yes, as part of the debt ceiling deal, they agreed to a very small cut, but, but basically right. level funding. So that's out the window now. Because, well, right. Because well, well, the current well, speaker didn't agree to that. That's true, right. And the, and the Republicans in the House don't agree to that. So the Senate, including Republicans and Democrats, want to abide by that deal from last spring. The White House, of course, wants to abide by that deal. The House hasn't been abiding by that deal. Even McCarthy went back right. on the deal he made, right. which was one of the reasons, among many, that Democrats were like, we're not going to help you. You're not reliable. So do the rules need to change to keep the speaker in place longer? Like. <laughs> like for like, I don't know, maybe a year? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I look, or a couple I, months even? Sure. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, my sense is that Johnson will have a, some grace period, a honeymoon, a bit from Republicans because of, again, they don't want to go through this again. But here's the thing. They're going to have to, at some point, they're going to have to fast these full year appropriations bills. The House is working on them right now as we speak. Right. They're putting forward numbers that are a lot lower than what the Senate or the White House wants. So at some point, they're going to have to negotiate. Right. And what is a priority? What is a priority? What isn't? Democrats in the in the Senate and in the White House are going to say, look, we agree to these numbers um, and we're not budging. And you make a very good point that the agreement on the Republican side was Kevin McCarthy, who is now just congressman from, from Central, California. Central California. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean Democrats in the Senate and the White House won't demand they say to that deal. So the point is, there are a lot of tough choices. And Johnson is going to face the same choice, basically, that McCarthy did, which is either negotiate, compromise, which is going to raise anger, or not compromise, which leads to a shutdown. And so, so this sounds like the new normal, then. For the time being. Now, here's another piece that's interesting. You know, when they have these discussions about these bills, you know, they also come into the, into the Oval Office. So it's President Joe Biden entered the Senate in 1972. Yeah, yeah. A storied career in the career, United States right. Senate for 40 uh, right. years. Chuck Schumer, House and Senate for also, 30 years. Exactly. Mitch McConnell, uh, been there longer forever. than forever. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who is not as experienced, but has been a journeyman congressman at this point. And, 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 right, exactly. And then you have Mike Johnson, 
who has no experience in leadership, never chaired a committee, never chaired a committee. Right, exactly. And so he's carrying the water for all these Republicans, doesn't have that experience, doesn't even have the staff right now. Look, right now he has a staff of 10 people in his congressional office. Speakers have huge staff. Dozens. Right. I mean, think about this for a second. Somebody made this point yesterday. Yesterday morning, Mike Johnson has an apartment probably somewhere in D.C. where he stays when he's here. He got picked up by some young staffer in, his, in their Subaru, driven to the Capitol. Right. When he left the Capitol, he had Secret Service. He had a motorcade. Exactly. He had exactly. You're, all you're, these things. You're steps away from being the president of the United Literally, States. If, if, God forbid, God forbid, something happened to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Mike Johnson is our president. It's our third Johnson as president. A guy who most people never heard of. No one ever wants a third Johnson. You don't want, you want that. I mean, even two is a bit much. It, truly. Yeah. Uh, um, so, okay, this is, a, this is a podcast about the intersection of business, the green economy, and politics. What does this say to the business community? What does this say to the green economy, to the energy efficiency advocates? What is, what is We seem to have leapt into a whole other realm here, leaving none of that as part of the discussion. Right. So, so what talk to me about so, it. So I mean in the general sense of business. Now one thing I'll say is right now the economy seems to be doing well. We just heard really great numbers for growth in the third quarter. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, right, huge numbers. Despite oh, inflation, despite the Fed's interest rate hikes. Right, all the other the economy is still growing at an incredibly fast rate. Exactly. So that's which is that's, both good and bad. Right. Well, right, exactly. Um, look, the business community wants one thing from government more than anything else. They want certainty. That's right. They want to know if there are tax incentives in place that... And for the most part, a slight lack of regulatory oversight. True, sure, sure. But at least know what it is. They want to know what the rules are. They want to know what Congress is doing. They don't want government shutdowns or chaos or things like that. They they want some level of certainty. They're not going to get... All they're getting is the opposite. The opposite of certainty. Um, And so that's a real problem. That's a real challenge. I mean, for one example is back in the spring, they were talking about a, a... end-of-year tax package. So one example is there is this R&D, Research and Development Tax Credit. Uh, there are some provisions that are broadly supported bipartisan to fix an issue with it that's hurting business. Uh, should be easy to pass. Um, Democrats want to get the child tax credit increased or renewed. Uh, that's done huge work in reducing poverty. Um, right now, we're not even talking about that at all uh, because they can barely tie their own shoelaces, much less do these other things. Right. Walking and chewing gum are separate universes. No, no. You can't do those at the same time on the Hill. Um, you can barely uh, chew gum. Um, and how does, this dam- how does this damage our reputation internationally? No, I think this makes us look great, John. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> look, I, you know, look, there, there is a, a, a school of thought out there that says right now we're in this kind of global fight between authoritarianism and democracy. And you have people like Vladimir Putin and Chairman Xi and China and others who are saying democracy doesn't work. And the developing world, if you want to succeed, if you want to be prosperous and everything else, democracy is not the way to do it. And, 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 and certainly the United States is, or should be, I would think, along with our partners in the EU, Japan, Korea, etc., saying no, democracy works. Right now, we are not really being a great uh, spokes country for democracy uh, between the, the insurrection, between all this chaos. So it's not helping our, certainly it's not helping us in the world economy. And Meanwhile, we have two entire attack carrier groups in the Gulf region. Yeah, we are a hair trigger away from being much more involved there. We're, of course, we're supplying weapons 
uh, in Ukraine, hoping and funding and funding. Plus, you have China, which is always keeping an, uh, a very hungry eye on. I mean, Taiwan. they just took their pandas back for God's sake. Well, yeah, exactly the pandas for God's sakes. That, uh, for okay. those of you who are not in our nation's capital, <laughs> the government of China allows uh, the Smithsonian Institute's yeah. zoo to have several Chinese pandas yeah. on display in the National Zoo. They have pulled those. Well, I, I think back. I think in this case it was an agreement. It was like it was an end of a contract. But the question is, but they haven't renewed it, right? And also, all the time they'll send panda new pandas, right? It's like, that's that. like Net, it's like Netflix, and you get exactly. the little CD, and they that's right. You send your panda back, you get a new or panda. like a picture for the Mets, either exactly, way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right? So, so right? So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a, a a not the best time for America. We'd like to think of ourselves as the greatest democracy. It's not the best time in the world for us to be. Not doing democracy. Uh, yeah, I'm tired. So, I'm tired um, of hearing that democracy is messy. It's not this messy. I mean, yeah, it, sure, it's messy. It is messy, but this is not. This is dysfunctional. That's right. Right. Um, and you asked about you know the green economy. Look, you know the good news is if if you care about supporting investments in clean energy, whether it's buildings, cars, things like that, you know President Biden got a lot of stuff done. In 2021 and 20 infrastructure, the Inflation, Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act, Act so, et cetera. So, so certainly, folks were not even if Democrats had kept control of of, of the House. Um, they thank you for that. No problem. Yeah, uh, thank you, Siri. Siri wants to get involved in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even if Democrats controlled the still controlled the House, people weren't expecting major, major legislation. It's, it's hard to get these things over the hump. So in that sense, a lot was done, which, which, which helped. But as we're seeing, including in Mexico with the storm and everything else, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Right now, as we speak, as we speak, uh, there is an amendment on the House floor uh, to an en the energy DOE's Energy Department's funding bill to eliminate all funding for their Office of Renewable Energy and Energy Efficiency. Just rid of it. Cut it out. Yeah. This is for those who don't know. This is an office, and you and I both worked with them many a time. Many. That does Too a many. lot of really. Yeah. Uh, does a lot of really important work in terms of research and information sharing and other other efforts to promote and support energy efficiency, renewables, things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And the amount, the percentage of the federal budget that goes to this department is piddly. Is de minimis. Yeah. Like it's 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 literally a blip. It's, it's on a spreadsheet. Loose change in yeah. the. Federal government's couch cushion. Right. So, so there is an amendment to eliminate funding. Now, again, this is not going to pass in the Senate. It won't be signed by the president. Right. But it, it shows you that at the time we're dealing with some real climate issues. Don't forget, we're just a few months away, removed from the tragedy in Maui, from these horrible fires in, in Greece. Uh, we've seen evidence all over right. that we have climate issues, and yet you're seeing efforts to, to pull back further. All right. Well... <clears throat> Normally, at this point in the conversation, we've interviewed our guest, we take a break, and we come back and we ask ourselves, what have we learned? What have we learned in today's? So, what have we learned? From ourselves. <laughs> from, from ourselves talking so, to ourselves. So, to recap. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Rangers. In the recap. Rangers. Rangers. Possibly first world series. Diamondback. Diamondbacks. Or back. Yes. Um, Alanis Morissette. Not ironic. Not ironic. Coincidence. Uh, Pure coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. No, uh, look, as you said, yeah, democracy is is messy. And I don't want to give the impression that, you know, Democrats have their stuff together all the time either. But right. There is dysfunction on both sides. There, there is. Uh, In this case, it is extremely public and it is extremely bad timing. I mean, there's never been a situation where you've gone this long, three plus weeks, without 
a Speaker of the House. In the history of the United States. In the history of the country, yeah. I mean, that is just... And we're a young country, but still. We're young, but it's the first time for everything. Meanwhile, you have, you know, the, the, the leader of the Republican Party is, you know, tweeting... Rage tweeting from a courtroom. I mean, and and, and, right. and to be fair, you know, we have a president who uh, I think a lot of people say has done a good job. He is eighty-one years old. Right. There are concerns and has low approval points within his own party. Within his own party, there are people who who are not entirely happy with him. I saw a poll recently, and again, we we had Ron Fouché on on a recent episode of the podcast to talk about polling and why they why it matters and and how it matters. But I saw a poll recently that said that a majority of the people in the poll basically agreed with the statement that uh, violence would be needed yeah. to solve political issues yeah. in the future. Yeah. And it was, I think it was on, you know, sort of both. There was some yeah, both Democrats were, and Republicans right. said, yes, let's do that. that. That's very troubling, right? I mean, that's... These are people who've never been in a fight in their lives. Well, right. That's, right. And that's part of it. But there is a lot of pent-up rage, which is driven by social media and... The polarization, the fact that we all tend to segregate into our own little bubbles. Um, you know, the, the idea that uh, people of different political viewpoints can actually coexist uh, is is becoming... And work together. And, and work together, right. I mean, and look, you see it again, and to be clear, and, and we're seeing now on the left where you have people, there are some people, and I'm not going to say everybody, some people on the progressive side who are cheering Hamas's massacre of Israelis. Right. Um, people and vice versa. Right, and and people are you know tearing down posters of missing uh, Israelis, missing and kidnapped, kidnapped children, children and, and and families and old people. Um, and what happens, I believe, is that because we are all get into our little bubbles, and if you go on on to social media, right, you you can choose who you listen to, who you don't listen to, and then the algorithm keeps you in that, pushes uh, you more right. towards that. Um, and so yeah, there is a lot of distrust of the other side, uh, distrust of the intentions. Used to be we go say, hey, we're all patriots. We all just disagree sometimes on the issues. That's fine. But when you start thinking of people on the other side as the enemy, as right. a threat Literal to your enemy. way of life, right. I'm not surprised you get poll results like that. And that, that is, you know, that is, that is something that as a country we have to come to grips with and find a way forward where we can disagree, as we always have, uh, but but at least not get to this point because you know it's it's obviously it's not the first time we've had massive disagreement and you may may have read about this in your history books back in 1860 uh, things didn't go so well and I am not suggesting that we are for either side yeah and I'm not suggesting that we're on the verge of a civil war or something like that but it's it's not helpful but in for the in context it, it could feel like that well it, right. it does yeah well and that's also part of the challenge with social media is that. It, it feels more like that, the anger. And it feeds you into it. So I, yeah. thanks, thanks, folks. I want to take a moment. Thanks, folks, for listening to us try to negotiate a, a common sense explanation of what's going on now here in our nation's capital. Next month, we will return to the normal format of having learned guests who can talk more and better about topics than either of us could. Uh, unless, unless there's another speaker fight, in which case... Well, and then no, we'll, no, we'll, we'll revisit this issue. Exactly. But, yeah. but we want to thank you for listening, and we want to thank you for taking a moment to try and understand what is going on in, in this world and how it affects your world. Um, and we look forward to talking to you again next month. So, that being said, uh, I'm John Lawyer, your host. And I'm Andrew Goldberg, your something or other. Yes. Deputy Speaker, Speaker Pro Tem. Host, uh, host Pro Tem. Host Pro Tem. Yes, I like Should it. I never I, be able to fulfill the duties of host? 
you're right there. I have the gavel. Exactly. exactly. And this has been Political Shadings. You guys have a great week, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>